Hey, it's producer Daniel from The Dive Table. I wanted to take a minute to let you know about our dive clubs. If you enjoy what Nick and Jay bring to The Dive Table every week, then I would ask you to consider joining one of our exclusive, all-inclusive dive clubs. Bringing you this content every week does take time and energy, and just like any other item on the market, it requires upfront costs. Lucky for us, we're not in the market of mass production because we only create one product, the dive table. With your support, however, we can start to bring exclusive content to the dive table that we wouldn't otherwise be able to accomplish. Interviews with legendary scuba divers such as Mike Galt, global conservationists such as Jean-Michel Cousteau, and marine biologists such as Dr. Sylvia Earle. Go to our website, www.thedivetable.com, and click on Join a Dive Club in the upper right-hand corner. Choose a club that best fits your budget and join today. Help us spread the messages of those that help keep our diving waters clean and healthy. Help us be the diving podcast that brings the most comprehensive stories to your ears. Thank you. podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogel and Jay Gardner. Welcome to the dive table. I'm Jay Gardner, your co-host, and with me as always is Mr. Newly Minted TDI Side Mount Diver, Nicholas Hogel. Nick, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good. I'm here with a couple of wonderful people that I'm really excited to introduce, and they look just as excited to be here. So this is going to be a really (laughs) amazing time. Let's jump right in. Yeah, and we are here live in Puerto Aventuras in Quintana Roo in Mexico. And Nick and I just finished up our side mount course. And we are here with our instructors, and we're really excited about it. They've been pushing us uh, for the last six or seven days. And so now we get to see them squirm and be uncomfortable on a podcast, which is quite fun. But we have some incredible instructors, and we want to introduce you to them because we've had an amazing time here. We've learned a ton. And I'm excited for you all out there in scuba land to get to know these two instructors. So without further ado, Lily, you want to introduce yourself uh, and let us uh, know who you are and yeah, what, what you're up to here at Under the Jungle. Um, yeah, my name is Lilia and I've been working in Under the Jungle as a freelancer since they started 2016. Just got a fixed position last summer and I love it here. Like I always wanted to ha- to work fixed here, but I was not able to commit the full year, so that's why it was a deal, just to be freelancer until this year, last year. And what what are you instructing here at Under the Jungle primarily? Um, mainly, well, I have the degree, uh, the level of sideman instructor level and cavern instructor uh, level. I'm working on to the intro to cave to get the full cave eventually. And uh, yeah, we're doing also a lot of guiding in the caverns, caves. So how did you, um, your relationship with Under the Jungle began? Did you know Nat before she started it or how how did it all begin? Well, actually, I met Vincent um, just the same summer they opened the the shop. 
And the reason is because I wanted to do some courses. I was planning to do decompression procedures and stage diving into the cave. So I went through different instructors, which are normally very arrogant. So I just kind of didn't want to get into the courses with them until I um, asked Vince about that. So he actually interviewed me and we talked a little bit about that. And then that's how I started. Actually, I was uh, first, I was a student from, from Vincent to the, for the stage cave course. And after I finished the stage uh, course with him, like two months later, he called me if I wanted to work uh, fix. So I told them, like, I cannot commit, but I will be very happy to work as a freelancer. And that's how it all started, basically. And then, of course, I met Natalie um, right after I started the stage course with Vince. And we also have with us Aria. So Aria, we were cavern diving today together and had a blast doing that. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. Uh, where are you from? How did you end up here in Under the Jungle? So my name is Arya, I am from Finland, and I am the newbie here at Under the Jungle. Um, I am the newest addition to the team. I've kind of worked my way around the world in diving, and um, yeah, I was just always kind of trying to find, find my people, and uh, I wanted to I don't know, I just, I have a certain way of teaching and it seems to fit with the philosophy of these guys and I am super happy to have found them and found their home. Aria, you were my instructor and I just want to say I had an amazing time. It was really cool. Um, forever, I will take from this course 3.6 um, <laughs> over and over. <laughs> What's 3.6? Uh, when we were holding depths, I kept swaying away from 3.6, so all I kept seeing was 3.6, 3.6. But no, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, so how did you get into dot like this type of diving? So obviously technical diving, what brought you down this route? Um, in technical diving and in cave diving, um, what appeals to me in both is just the precision needed or required and just the fact that you can always challenge yourself and you're never ready right there's always you can always do something better or just yeah there's always room to improve that's the thing for me good well let's have a little fun and maybe lily we'll start with you um take us back to your first breath underwater like what what in the world because you and i lily was my instructor and we had a lot of time in the in the car and getting ready and we had a lot of fun i had a blast i learned a ton from you and um and just seeing you in the water you're like a statue in the water it's amazing to see and i love that and and i aspire to be like you in that way but what brought you to you know, and you described yourself like I'm, as a, I think you were saying a seal in the water. You're, you're a seal, but on land, you're like, you know, fall over your own two feet. You have two left feet. So what brought you to bring, to train in scuba, first of all, and what was your kind of story to your first breath underwater, your first kind of open water certification? 
Well, I have been always a swimmer. Yes, I consider myself like a sea lion underwater. I'm powerful, graceful, and elegant. On ground, I trip over my own shovel. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so since I was a kid, I learned how to swim at, I think I was like eight months old or something. Like My parents were just camping everywhere where there was some source of like body of water. So I learned how to swim uh, since very, very young age. And, uh, but I, I was always a rebel stubborn. So whatever my parents told me to do, I was doing the opposite. So I was a swimmer. I was swimming always in a pool, like lap swimming in, in, in the pool. And there was uh, always some sort of diving school close to it. And my parents always told me, go and join them. And I was saying, no, I won't. Until one day, for some reason, a friend told me to join them. And then I joined them. They were doing a lot of uh, in-water rescue. So that was actually my, my mobile, like to go and do in-water rescue. But they then, one day they just brought the scuba equipment. And then I had a lot of fun. Like I could stay underwater in the pool, like wherever I wanted to, because it's very shallow. So then I joined the, the proper course for the scuba certification. And my very first open water dive to get the the certification, it was in a lagoon in the center of Mexico, in San Luis Potosí, which happened to be one of the places that was where my family and me were camping every summer. So it was like super cool that uh, before I knew the place from the top and like diving down, just breath holding as a girl, as a little kid, but now I could dive in there. So it was kind of like, yeah, I've been always very stubborn and <laughs> it like I knew immediately that my parents were telling me why they wanted me to join them, but I just couldn't just understand their reasons. So, but it was great. Like the very first time I went in there, like all my life when I was refusing to join the scuba uh, club was like, just came to my mind. It's like, I'm so stupid. Why I didn't, <laughs> you know, listen to them. But yeah, now I'm here and I'm enjoying it. Ari, what about you? What was your first breath underwater? What led you to that? So um, I was on vacation in Indonesia and uh, I had at the time, well, I guess I was like a mediocre surfer at the time and um, <laughs> I was like able to stand up and I'm like, so good, so cool. Um, anyway, I'm that type of person who will... I just, I get obsessed with things. So like something I like, I will just do that then. Like all the time, like, just like you were saying today, like I want to learn all about it. And I have this, I just strive to be better at it and like just do it all the time. So anyway, surfing, I wanted to go surfing every day. And um, one day uh, me and my boyfriend, we are, on our way on our scooter driving to the beach and he sees this uh, poster there's an ad for an open water course and um, he's like oh we should do that sounds like fun like you are joking this is three days wasted like I, I could go surfing and um, he was like no you know it's uh, it's Bali it's so cool it's so cheap like once in a lifetime I'm like yeah, you know, whatever I guess I'll try anything once and so we sign up and um, 
uh, as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> nice. I uh, am definitely a big fan of Indonesia. Did you go through most of your training over there or did you start traveling for that? Like how long did you spend in Indonesia diving? Were you just moving right up the ranks or um, tell us a little bit about that? I did. So I did open water in Indonesia and then moved to Australia soon after. So that's where I did all of the, my initial dive master instructor, all of those. And then uh, from there, so I spent a couple of years there, worked in the dive industry over there on the reef in, um, <clears throat> in Queensland. And from there, where did I go? So I kind of hopped around and then I went, actually I went back to Indonesia to do my initial tech training. And I've just kind of, like wherever I've gone, I've kind of tried to seek out places where um, the shops are more geared towards um, technical training. And I've just done it like as I've been working. Yeah. Well, uh, how, so how did you end up here at Under the Jungle? Um, so I originally came here to do my cave course. I did that with Natalie and... Uh, she is, she was amazing. She, she is such a great instructor, just so amazing. I learned so much. Um, like everybody, <laughs> when they initially come here, I was very humbled and um, learned so, so much. Um, and then I uh, went back to my job and I had other plans. But um, basically, when COVID hit, I kind of, everything just you know, you make plans and then life happens. Um, so I think it was like a little, like a six months into COVID or something. I come here and I thought I was just going to do some diving, wait until uh, my the <coughs> island where I was working, which was Grand Cayman, would reopen. And that day never came. And Natalie kept being like, you should come work for me. And I was like, Initially, I was like, thank you, but I already have a job. And then time just went by, and uh, eventually I was like, yeah, you know what? I should come work for you. Here I am. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I think we, your first breath underwater, and then the path that goes from there, you can't predict. And like, I know for me, my first breath underwater was just, I was done. You know, I was, I was hooked. I pressed the go button. It was it was like, yes. And it wasn't even my first breath. I shouldn't say that because in a pool is a pool. It's cool. But my first open water dive, it was like, oh my gosh, I, the only regret I have in scuba diving for myself was I didn't start earlier. <laughs> you know, like I started too late. But, um, but there are, in diving, and a lot of you out there will, will, I think, resonate with this. Yes, there's diving and there's technical gear and there's knowing how to use that and there's knowing how to get into trim and, and there's buoyancy, but in diving, diving teaches you a lot about yourself. And it also teaches you life lessons that you really can't learn any other way. Um, at least I haven't been able to. So maybe a more serious question. The only serious question um, of the day is what is a life lesson or have you taken a, a life lesson away from scuba diving that that you apply in your life now? Um, and if so, what is that lesson? What, what did, tell us the story of how that lesson came about. Lily, do you wanna, wanna start this one? I would say breathe. 
no matter what, just breathe. Doesn't matter what's happening around you. Like the very first thing you have to think of is breathe. If it's something great, you breathe and then you feel actually you feel more whatever is happening. And if it's something really bad going around you, just like you will have the chance to actually settle your mind and uh, analyze what's going on and then you can just solve it. Or also like what diving has taught me is like if there is something you cannot fix, like you already know for sure you cannot fix, just get over it, like try to skip it if you can, if not, then just leave it alone and then go and try something else, you know? So that's, I have never been like this kind of person, like energetic that they do meditations and energy and so on, but actually diving is the thing that has taught me to slow down and be humble to myself and to the people around me and that I'm not, I, I will never be the best one at something. There is going to be someone better than me doing diving or whatever it is. And actually diving is what have taught me this. Like when I think I know a lot, I turn around me and there is someone always better. So it's like always try to, instead of like, you know, being jealous or envious or something like this, it's just like better learn about it and then surround yourself by those people and then you will learn even more. Yeah, that's a really good life lesson. I, I was, we finished our course up a few days uh, ago, a few days after four days. And I went home, or home, I should say, I went to the hotel that night and I was talking to my wife. I said, oh, congratulations, that's awesome. You know, um, I was the second student ever to uh, to pass in four days for uh, Lily. Just kidding, Nick. Um, <laughs> don't worry, Nick, Nick will uh, defend himself in a moment. But I was feeling high on high on the horse, right? You feel like, how do you feel? I'm like, yeah, I feel pretty good. Like, I feel like I got it. I feel like I did a good job. And that made me realize in that moment, like, but I know tomorrow the fall's coming because that always has been the case. Like, as soon as you feel good in scuba, the next day or the next dive, it might be a week later, whatever it is, you know, you get knocked off the horse, you know, shortly thereafter, you're feeling like you have things solid. So I love that life lesson. And I love the lesson around breathing. I mean, I think that that's, there's a lot of hype around breathing you know, like in general, but in diving, it's so important. It's your, it's your part of your stability, your base. And um, it was kind of cool watching the videos and review of the videos that you were videoing me. And one of the benefits that I got out of that was I got to listen to your breathing. And so your breathing was solid the whole time the video is going and I'm going, okay, now I can hear what, what that solid breathing is. And, and that makes a lot of sense to me um, and start to use that a little bit more in how you're doing that. So I, I love that you bring that up because that was something we hadn't talked about was, you know, when for me watching the videos, it was like, oh yeah, this is just, I just want to turn off the video and just listen. And, and I can hear that, that cycle and it was just rock solid in those videos. So not only is that a lesson for you, it's also something that you're applying and using in the water uh, effectively. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's, that's great. Arya, what about you? I think I'm too much of a simpleton for great thoughts like that. I, um, I dive to not think is what it is for me. I get in the water and my mind is quiet. I, for me, I'd, I've, I've never 
I've never been a great thinker like that, honestly. So for me, diving is diving. I love it because it's, it's quiet, it's meditation. But can I say that I've learned a lesson from diving? Honestly, no. That's great. And like I said, that's the, I was curious if you had those um, coming out. Nick, you, you have a question or you want to defend yourself? Or, you know, it took Nick six days. <laughs> um, no, I like that, uh, the meditation side of it, because I feel the same way uh, when I'm in the water. It's just kind of my moment to tune out. Um, I guess to, to ch turn or change the question a little bit, um, because we were obviously here to take a side mount course. I was really looking forward to it. Uh, been planning it for a long time, especially under the jungle. Um, is side mount the only configuration you dive? And do you dive any other configuration? What are you talking about? Is there anything <laughs> else than side mount? Is there any other? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, double twin sets. Uh, they will smash my back and I will not go into there. I do single back mounted just when I go, you know, fun diving in normally in Egypt or like somewhere like really very easy to dive on back mounted. But like most of my diving, it's here and it's only side mount. So you saw me roll my eyes at you already. Um, uh, for me, side mount is, it's a configuration for a certain environment. It is a tool to achieve something, right? Like in Mexican caves, is there any other configuration that's better than side mount? I would say no, unless it's a side mount rebreather, you know, for the deeper caves. Um, but yeah, if I'm jumping off a boat, can I do it inside mount if I can? Like, of course I can, right? Do I want to? Not really, because it's a pain, right? Like, it's easier to slap on a single tank or, you know, twin set or... And then deeper diving, well, I've already said this to you guys before, but, like, if you're diving trimix, I say you should be diving a rebreather. Like, why would you? Why would you buy, like, do open circuit anyway? It, those are my thoughts on the matter. Awesome. All right, well, let's... Um... Let's talk a little bit about the course. So we, uh, I came down and we'll do another show on this, I think, Nick, at some point about uh, our expectations and then what happened and those things. But I was diving South Mile before and felt pretty stable. And um, so I came down going, I really wanted to get my bottle squared away because I felt like I hadn't, there's some magic sauce to like getting your, your bottles completely squared away and um, that was something I was struggling with and the right torque on the bottle, all those sorts of things. So that's what I really wanted out of the course. And to me now, when I think about it, that's like the number 27 on the list of things I took away from the course, right? So when you, when you hear a side mount course out there, you might think, oh, well, teaching the configuration. This is much more than teaching you how to strap bottles on your side and dive in the water. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit. And I found for myself the standards that you guys teach to extremely high. Um, and you you don't tell us to do something because that's the way you do it. You tell us why. 
and I'm, I'm a big why person all the time. Like I, I was like, I'm sorry if I bother you by asking why, but I want to understand like the logic behind it. So I took a ton away from it um, beyond, you know, what I thought I would. And so I guess my question is around, you know, your experience in teaching this course and in holding those standards at what might, some might see a very entry level course um, being much more than that, than, than, you know, an entry level course. So tell us a little bit about your instructing style. Like what, what do you want um, out of this course? What are you trying to achieve with the student? How do you approach these things? I mean, well, the floor is yours, but let's talk about the side mount course a little bit about um, how you guys approach that. Uh, just curious. Well, that depends a lot. The approach, at least in my case, depends a lot on the student because uh, each student, first of all, each student learns in a different way, in a different pace. And I have had people that they cannot picture, for example, a mask swap without having the actual equipment on a land rail on and, and you know, feeling it. In your case, for example, Jay, you're very good at visualizing things, even if you don't have them in your hands, like you don't feel it. So it's also possible to do a briefing and just make your close your eyes and do things like that, right? So, I mean, the standards are, it's not that they are non-negotiable. I mean, we can make some, there is like a little bit of flexibility on the standards that we have at the shop, but what something it's like really fixed. And I, I think I also told you, like we have two cases where we can, for example, get a student their certification. One case is that they are good enough to finish the site mount course but not good enough to go into and enroll into the cavern uh, course, which is already a very restrictive environment and a lot of demanding situations. So in those cases, we probably just tell the student, okay, you, you're good enough to get the certification, but we really recommend that you go and dive that configuration. The more you can, the better. So you can actually get very stable, very... Uh, proficient, very efficient on all the skills that you have to do. So when you get into the cavern course or any other further, if you want technical or on any other further course, you already have everything like super well into your muscle memory and you don't have to think about that anymore, actively think about that anymore and you can focus on the next skills that are meant to be. So, like, that's actually really non-negotiable, but we do have that range of, like, okay, good enough to get certified, but just keep practicing, and then maybe after some time you can get there, right? Um, but, like, when, we're, when I'm teaching, I just have to, like, look into your... Go and talk to the student, if it is a complete brand-new student to me, and... Uh, Basically, just the first approach is going to be like the first dive. The first time we dive, actually, you see like we didn't do any skill at all. But I'm already assessing like how fast do you learn? What's your learning process? You, will you need more time? Will And I ask you, do you need me to do step by step the skills or you think you can see the whole skill and then reproduce it? So then that's kind of very variable depending on the student, actually. And I'll, I'll ask, and you can um, you can totally 
throw me under the bus. <laughs> I'm not asking for a compliment, but um, so any, any, how did I do? Uh, how, how was I as a student? And we'll ask the same thing of Arya of Nick. Well, actually, well, it says it all, right? You did, you are my second student finishing the course in four days. Like, so that was actually really good because the, the, the thing actually that made it good is that it doesn't matter that you make mistakes or that you are like not really very good at the beginning. But the good thing is that you get the feedback, you internalize it and you actually correct it, whatever you went wrong. Doing, you were doing wrong. So that actually makes the course go like really very efficient. Sometimes people just get a little bit of trouble, kind of like, okay, I did the same mistakes than last time and I cannot still picture how should I be uh, fixing those mistakes or those uh, things that were wrong the last time. But you were like really very good into correcting whatever things were going wrong. And I think you you were like even taking it beyond the course because you were fun diving today and you were already playing with your equipment, which is something I really like to see my students, even when they are not getting supervised by their instructor in the course. Like now you know why you want to do the torque on the tanks or why you want the bands higher or lower. And then you can start like making it your configuration, not the configuration that the instructor gave you in first time, right? Aria, what about you uh, approach to the sideman course and then definitely how was Nick uh, as a student? Uh, regardless of the course or the configuration, you're teaching diving. Diving is, the, is always the same. You're always teaching breathing, buoyancy, trim, position, all of these things. And once the foundation is there, then you can focus on the specifics and a configuration like, like side mount is very intricate and there's many details that you have to kind of get down pat. And like we've already discussed is like, it's amazing the feeling when you go to do a reg switch and your tanks are exactly the same. It's like one, eight, seven or whatever when you look at your transmitters. And when you, for me, when I see that, I see my students, the progression, it's just, it's, it's great. I, for me, I'm just happy to produce better divers, right? That's, that's what I do, regardless, of course. Uh, Nick was a delight to teach. Um, you are very methodical. You are a very, very clean diver. And I think it was, it was great that we actually got to, I think, do some very advanced things because of you coming in with such a high level of skills already. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I had a wonderful time in the class and you were an amazing instructor. So cool. <laughs> Alright, well let's have a little bit of fun. I know that I know that you guys were not looking forward to the interview, so I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Um, but uh, I I just want to say thanks and uh, I learned a ton from both of you. 
and uh, Aria was a great diving with you today. Aria was not my instructor, so but I was picking her brain on different things today and um, got to dive together. Um, but we like to play a little game, and we're going to play that game with you uh, here that we call fins in the pool. So this is non-scuba related. You can think split fins just fine. Um, but we're going to give you a binary. Basically, we're going to give you a choice. You can choose A or B. There is no choice C. Um, and then you get to answer what your preference is. And that's where you're going to put, you're going to throw your fins in that pool. So we'll start with something very simple uh, because this has been a little bit of a debate, um, you know, between, uh, you know, our internally with food here. Well, food here is amazing. So uh, fins in the pool. And Nick, you got to answer as well. We'll all answer and go around. Um, do you go with the burrito or do you go with the taco? When you're ordering your Mexican food, what's your preference? Fins in the pool. Aria, we'll go with you first. Tacos, always tacos. Why? I don't know, they're better. <laughs> you're talking to a Mexican and you are making me choose into a burrito? That's not even Mexican. <laughs> Taco, thousand percent and more. Absolutely. Uh, I would have to say taco as well. Why? just easier. It's cleaner. You can eat a bunch of them. They're good. Okay. I'm going to be the one that goes on the limb here. All right. I, Cause I grew up in Southern California. Apparently the burrito was invented in California. Who knows? So you're right. It's not Mexican, but I go with the burrito and I have a reason for the burrito is the burrito in my view is the ultimate food form of food. Why? Cause you can pack it with whatever you'd like. It folds up nice and neat. A taco you fold in half, things can fall out one side or the other side. So it's not as clean. Burrito, nice and clean. And it comes with its own packaging. So when you finish eating it, you have nothing to throw away. There's, It's eco-friendly. So there. Uh, so I go with the burrito. Uh, but I'm, it's interesting here. Burritos are a little bit different, obviously, here. Um, and in Texas, so you can't even find a burrito. Uh, but in Southern California, it's the it's the go-to uh, for me. Nick, you want to do a fit in the pool? Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, dry suit or wetsuit? If the dry suit, dry suit is actually dry, <laughs> which is never dry, it's cute. I mean, sometimes. You had a big leak today. <laughs> More like a flood, but yeah. Yeah. A new one will, will be bought sooner than later. So dry suits your your call. Always. Okay. Wet suit. Ooh. Okay. Why? The dry suit is expensive. It's never really dry. I mean, even if you sweat a little bit, it's gonna be damp, wet all the time. It's always leaking for some. Like only the very first three months, it's really dry. When it's brand new, it's never dry, <laughs> and it's bloody expensive. I miss the simplicity of the wet suit. I mean, I use a dry suit now, but just because temperature, I'm a big chicken and I freeze. But wet suit, it's simple, easy. I'm a, I'm a wet suit just because I like warm weather, diving. I want to be in the Caribbean, somewhere super nice and warm. But yeah, I do like, I'm a, I'm a wet suit guy. Yeah, okay, I'm just going to put that out there. When I was working in Grand Cayman, I wore like a... I had a five mil jacket and a three mil long john, and I also had a heated vest. So there you go. A heated vest in a wetsuit. Yes. 
Wow, what what did the battery plug into? Or there was no battery. No, there's a there's a battery. It's it's, it's right like on your what ribs? Your ribs, yeah. You yeah. just run cold or what? Well, I guess you're diving a lot. I'm assuming. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like you do two, three dives a day. It just you get cold. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I, I have to answer. I really miss my wetsuit because I, I mean, it's still hanging up. I haven't touched it in months because I've forced myself to only use my dry suit. I'm going to go with dry suit. Um, and I'm going to go that direction because number one, it's appropriate for any environment. So you only need one, so you don't have to switch back and forth. But number two, if you get it right, if you get the right size bubble in your feet, it's lovely. It's just lovely. Now, if you get it wrong, which <laughs> I do all the time, and that bubble gets too big, then it's not lovely. You start to, uh, you know, do a nice head or feet overhead somersault, and you know, I hit the panic button. That's my like scuba panic is you know the too big of a bubble in my in my uh, feet. But I like, like when you get that bubble just right, it's like oh, I love this. Like this is so great. Um, versus you don't have that option with the wetsuit, so I go with the the dry suit in that regard. All right, I have another one. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> Why? Is there something more delicious in the morning <laughs> when you're fasting and then than a very hot cup of coffee? It just like makes you focus, awake, and delicious. And do you do cream and sugar or is it just black or how do you take your coffee? It's with MCT, which is like a um, product from the coconut oil or just a spoon of coconut oil. Coffee, always coffee. Coffee. Why and how do you take it? Um, I drink it with milk and why? Because is there is there anything else? No. <laughs> I already know your answer. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a coffee guy. Just straight black is how I like it. It's good times. Yeah, I I cannot say tea. I really aspire to be a coffee drinker. Like I see these people that all these fancy contraptions to get coffee and like and they look really cool. Um, and then they're like, they could taste the difference between this bean mixed with that bean and this, this. And I think that's cool. I just, um, I just have never really got into it. I, I would say coffee definitely over tea. Um, unless I have a sore throat, then it's tea all the way. <laughs> um, okay, another spin. Um, beef or chicken? Beef. <laughs> it's what's for dinner. No, go ahead. <laughs> Why beef? Beef. Also, it's delicious. I mean, chicken is nice, but like that, when you see it, like you cut it and it's this pinkish color in there. It's just amazing. It's delicious. Juicy. <laughs> yeah, no, I do see the appeal. Huh? Like a medium rare steak is nice, yes. but I'm still going to go with chicken. It's, um, I don't know, it's just easy. Fair. I'll, I'll go with beef. Yeah, I'm going with beef. And for all these reasons, it's delicious and nutritious and, um, and it's Texan. Go Longhorns. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a beef guy. I mean, I love my barbecue. So we're from Texas. We do 
a lot of beef barbecue up there. So it's, yeah, beef all the way. All right, last one, and we'll let you out of this torture. Hopefully <laughs> it hasn't been so bad. Um, but uh, I think I know both of your answers to this, but we'll see. Um, so do you want to be in, it's up to you. There's no instruction. There's no, you just having a good day. You know, there's no pressure. Do you want to be in a cave or do you want to be on a reef? Absolutely a cave, always. I do miss the reef sometimes, but not here in Egypt. But the cave, it's like even since the operation, I don't have to go on a boat, get seasick, chase the schedule of the captain, currents, salt, and all those things. In the cave, it's peaceful. There is no noise, no people, small groups, only two, max three with you, so three, including yourself, and it's up to you when you want to come back, well, your gas consumption and so, but like you don't have to be, be like on top of the schedule of someone else. Yeah, that's interesting what Lily just said. It's, it's true, the logistics with ocean diving, I mean, salt and sand, just ick. Um, so just for that, I would totally choose the caves. But um, yeah, no, I caves, 100% cave. But I don't know. I mean, there's something to be said about a beautiful reef with all the gorgeous small nudibranchs and all the creatures. But yeah, currently cave. Um, well, yeah, we I've never been in a cave, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Um, but as of right now, uh, I, I do love the reef. I do just seeing big stuff in the water is always a good time. Um, the color of the water, but from the very limited amount of cavern diving that I have done, I definitely see the appeal and I could definitely, um, see myself, you know, going down that path. But as of right now today, I'd probably have to say the reef. Yeah, and I can't answer it either from uh, being in a cave because I have not been in a cave. But uh, I heard the, what is it, the siren call of the cave in my first ever cenote dive. And so for me, like, yeah, the fish are pretty and the reef is nice and it's warm most of the time and all those things. But the the cave entrance just, even today we were uh, we were in, what, Angelita? And uh, there's that little crevice and I said can I go in there like it's not you know it's not a cave is it yeah yeah I just wanted to go see what I was just curious what's around the corner you know so it is it has called me and I would I would have to answer I guess we can modify our answer and say cavern because I can be in there with a the guy right now and then eventually hopefully cave well good anything else to add before we wrap this one up anything else you guys want to add um the floor is yours You'd rather be at the dentist, yes. Well, you guys did a great job. Well, I'll wrap this up um, so uh, we can we can call it a show. So, yeah, uh, thank you again for having us here. Um, thank you for your generosity with your time and the effort that you put into both of us as students. I think that um, if you are considering, uh, you know, going down the cavern or cave path, um, I know for myself, and Nikki can speak for yourself, 
but I would highly, highly, highly recommend um, Under the Jungle and highly, highly, highly recommend uh, both Aria and Lily uh, as your instructors. So if you're thinking about that out there, uh, I might want to be in a cave. It's crazy to hear you say like, you know, it's so peaceful and calm in a cave um, versus for a lot of non-cave divers, they go like, what? Like you're in a cave, you know, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, but if you do proper training, if you um, have protocols in place, it, then yeah, then the, the quote unquote danger, and there's always going to be danger, but the quote unquote fear, I should put it that way, um, that even I can feel sometimes. Like I lost the line today uh, for a split second because I was checking an SPG or something. And you get that little disorientation of like, okay, is, am I going the right direction on the line in the cavern or not? Here you say that's amazing. So if you're thinking about training, if you're interested, if you even just want to go dive in a cenote and see what that's all about, um, come here under the jungle. It's amazing that you have the ocean right there and these incredible you know, caverns and caves just underneath our feet right now, which is amazing. So I highly, highly, highly recommend this shop. Um, this is like an advertisement for, for them, right? This is a non-sponsored advertisement. I did have to pay course fees. So just so you guys know, so did Nick, um, but, uh, but highly recommend it. And I've had a wonderful time. Nick, do you have anything to add before we wrap this up? No, I think you pretty much said it all. And uh, I'll remember the number four and you remember the number six. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this has been awesome. Uh, our interview with both Aria and Lily. If you enjoyed the show, we invite you, please, to send the link to someone that you know, send it to your dive team, send it to your last instructor. If you really didn't like Aria and Lily, don't tell them, tell us. But you can still help us by sending the link to your ex. Everyone wins. Uh, you know, you you get to torture your ex with a bad podcast and we get to spread the word. So it's perfect. Everyone wins. Um, and then consider joining a club. We have three dive clubs. We'd love to have you a part of those. Of those. So you can go on the on our website, thedivetable.com, and you can look at those clubs. Um, thanks, everybody, for being here, uh, and thanks for your time in giving this interview and your effort here as well. And we will see you next time on the next episode of The Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.